Hello there, friends. Jason, your producer here. As you may be aware, we paused the Adventure They Wrote podcast after the death of George Floyd and the resulting nationwide outcry for justice. We believe that Black Lives Matter and ours was not the voice that needed to be heard in that moment. And what we have been doing over the past few months is learning. We've been listening to the black creators in our community and we're doing our best to shine the spotlight on those black creators now. And right now, we're using this opportunity to raise funds for the NAACP Empowerment Funds through Tiltify. After listening to the Black AF Roundtable during D&D Live 2020, we came to the realization that some of the ways that our version of Waterdeep treated races like orcs and goblins was indicative of some of the bigger racial issues in D&D, and we're changing that. As we move forward with Adventure They Wrote, the regular show, we're going to be taking those things into account and making changes. This special episode is based on The Book of House, written by Willie Abiel. You can find him on Twitter, at TheWillieBoo. And since we want to put our money where our mouth is and directly support black creators, the first 20 people who donate $50 or more to our fundraiser will get a copy of his book. We're going to buy it from the DMs Guild and gift it to you. This campaign is going to run for two weeks through August 3rd, and so if you're listening to this after that, please still donate to the NAACP Empowerment Funds because they do amazing work. It's not enough for us to say Black Lives Matter in the minutes after something happens. We have to keep saying it every day. So don't let the momentum slow down. Keep fighting for justice. Keep fighting to fix these problems. Do what you can locally. Vote, especially in down-ballot races. Sheriffs, district attorneys, judges where you can. Take your time. Do the research. Vote. It's the most important thing you can do. It's also very important that we stay informed and that we support not only the people in our community, but folks around the country that need our help. So with all of that said, I hope that you enjoy this ridiculous adventure with wild characters and fun voices and stay tuned tomorrow for an interview with the Willy Boo himself. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy this special episode. And remember, Black Lives Matter. Welcome, fans of Adventure, to this very special game of Adventure They Wrote. All the funds from this game, through Tiltify, will be going to the NAACP Empowerment Programs. Uh, If you happen to find this stream uh, without the link, all you have to do is go to tiltify.com slash at sign Adventure They Wrote. And if you're quick enough, there is a special bonus uh, for the first few people that donate at $50 or more. Uh, Thank you very much for your support, and I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, If you're a listener of our show, you know that uh, we are a group of detectives, an agency in Waterdeep that solves mysteries, Um, and occasionally we play games that happen outside of the existing canon of Adventure They Wrote. Sometimes it's different characters, sometimes it's uh, just different storylines. In this adventure, we will be playing characters that are influenced by the existing detectives. Uh, However, they will be built on rules from the Book of House. Um, the Book of House is a supplement written by Willie Abiel. And um, if I'm going to summarize it in a single sentence, it is clowns wearing plague masks chasing giant spider creatures. So if that sounds like it's up your alley, I would definitely head over to the Dungeon Masters Guild and check it out. Um, there will be a link to the supplement in this uh, episode. 
That being said, I think we should go ahead and introduce the detectives. Uh, first up, joining us back at the table after a hiatus is Cat Kruger, the Countess. Cat, why don't you introduce us to your new character? <laughs> All right. Uh, hello, everyone. Nice to be back at the table. Uh, I am going to be playing uh, a character that I built uh, from uh, from the supplement uh, using a class and race um, that was created specifically for this. Um, the Countess uh, has a stage name in uh, in this version. And uh, let me tell you about her first. I'm going to say that she, I, I've decided that she's going to be a sprite bard. Uh, so that is a, a new race and subclass. Uh, um, yes, a race and subclass uh, from this supplement. Uh, so my character is about three apples tall. Uh, with silvery gossamer wings. Uh, she's got black hair peppered with these silver strands. Um, she is dressed in a double-breasted chef's coat that's turquoise with silver embroidery and these black knickerbockers that also have silver embroidery. And one of the backgrounds for the, the sprites is a um, Seely Court Royal Attendant, and that's what I've chosen. Um, so she is a chef from that court. Uh, she is a bard of the culinary type. Um, it is a it is a school of cooking. Um, and so she is a uh, a royal chef. Uh, so uh, I, I still believe like her name is still the countess and maybe um, she she's moneyed enough to be able to uh, cook and have her own uh, court show and so I have chosen the stage name Tiberia Wild after Julia Child. <laughs> that's awesome. Tiberia yes. Wild. Oh, oh that's, my gosh. That's so perfect. So good. <laughs> so um, I don't know if I should describe more about what she does or we could just get into it when we when we start playing the you game. You know what? I think we should find out what she does. I think we should... <laughs> We should show, not tell. Yes. <laughs> uh, Talia, why don't you introduce us to this version of Celine? Yeah. Uh, this Celine is named Celine Rock. Uh, she is a green tiefling. Um, she's a descendant of Balzabul. Um, so she is necromancer light. If you have seen the difference in legacies um she doesn't have hellish rebuke she has the legacy of maldomini um so she gets thaumaturgy and ray of sickness she is followed along by a little cat a na uh, named mischief a little shadowy cat that sort of sneaks in the background and and helps out um and she's uh she's a little rough around the edges she's She's got a different accent. She's uh, Celine Rock. Uh, she's going to get you, and she's going to make sure that you pay attention. <laughs> so she should be fun. Um, she is a barbarian in this scenario, and uh, she has taken on the path of the belter. Uh, this is a, a supplement for the class that... Uh, Omega Jones, also known as the Critical Bard. You can find him on Twitter at Critical Bard. 
uh, and it uses your voice as your strength in rage. So it's it's pretty fun. Excellent. Sam, how about this version of Ledger? This is a pacifist version of Ledger. Uh, Normal Ledger is a uh, bookkeeper who's uh, classed as a barbarian, and so he has a bit of a temper. But this is Ledger the Scribe, and um, he's not into conflict or, or doing damage or, or anything like that. He um, He's using some playtest material. Uh, Wizards puts out Unearthed Arcana, and they release different things to try. And um, so I went with the Order of the Scribes, which gives him a magical quill, and most importantly, an awakened spellbook. Uh, so Ledger's normal companion is a parrot named Hector, uh, but today Hector will be a spellbook. Uh, so Ledger will have a living book that he can communicate with and uh, who will help him out when he needs to cast spells. So a living spellbook sounds great and also might be the first time anyone has played a pacifist in my 20 years of Dungeons & Dragons. It's weird because on the character sheet, the actions for attack, his unarmed strike does zero damage (laughs) and he does not know any spells that do damage. All right. I am a little curious to see what's going on there. That should be pretty fun. That's Um, hilarious because because Tiberia, uh, because she's tiny, uh, her unarmed strike is zero. (laughs) This is going to be great. She cannot physically punch anything this is gonna be great (laughs) and i just yell at things i don't hit things i don't need to i use my voice use your words first encounter is gonna be like there's 30 goblins yeah what do you do (laughs) you should really be hoping i didn't plan a very combat heavy uh scenario here um fingers are crossed i suppose uh brad why don't you tell us about uh uh doran this version of doran All right, so I kind of figured that other people would be choosing some sort of unique and interesting new additional types of characters. So I went with a really basic, he's a dwarf ranger. His name is Vladimov. He is not Doran. But his animal companion is a wolf spider named Doran. And he is just a very kind of taciturn. He's there with the, uh, the detectives to just provide some added muscle. Which, as I'm hearing about everyone else's character, turns out to be really useful. Yeah, (laughs) starting to make sense. Fitting into the, we didn't plan this. We should should let everyone know that these are all, these all these characters were created in a vacuum. So, having a character that's there for muscle is uh, fortuitous. Yep, he's just a mountain dwarf that does his thing. He's very happy to be here. (laughs) Ooh, another accent. This is going to be great. Great. Uh, now, Jason. Yes. With apologies to Kat and no. Talia. No. And uh. the rest of the cool rephobics out there, why don't you introduce <laughs> us to this version of Max? <laughs> well, hi. I'm Max the Gumshoe. No. I'm a clone ranger. No. And it's going to be great. Because I can stretch my arms. We're going to solve some mysteries, you guys. Well, this was a horrible idea. 
<laughs> I like I like before we, before we start uh, Tiberia attacks Max <laughs> immediately you just hear this like siren scream come out of Celine <laughs> oh uh, no it's it's totally fine <laughs> hey guys <laughs> uh, this is gonna be so much fun to play. I'm a Pyrenees clone, which uh, we have more angular features than those of the Bazolan. Um, I have a long nose, and pointy ears, and a big pronounced chin. Well, that's like Max. Yeah! <laughs> I'm a lot like Max, the goblin detective in a lot of ways. Um, except instead of being green, I have pale white skin and a big red nose. Oh no. No. Because our our blood vessels are are real wide on our extremities like our ears and our noses. Your guy has a big red nose by default, not by putting it on. Correct. <laughs> oh my gosh. And your so your ears are red too? I have big red ears and big red nose. <gasps> And uh, I'm a. Uh, uh, I'm also using one of the new um, subclasses from the supplement by Willie. Uh, I am a mind trapper ranger, and um, I can set set mental traps in uh, in the folks that I am playing, uh, folks that I am hunting. So, uh, where uh, Brad's? Uh, what is what is your character's name, Brad? Vladimov. Vladimov. You can call down me so Vlad. I don't forget it. I know. Well, Vladimov. <clears throat> it would be great if you say it different every time. <laughs> well, Vladdy there, he's going to be the muscle, but I'm going to be the mind. He's the brawn and I'm the brains. <laughs> Oh, Clown man, terrifying. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, perhaps, uh, perhaps just a tiny bit of explanation to the listeners who are scratching their heads right now. Uh, the book of House contains within it three new playable races: uh, the Knolls, which, if you're familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, are a dog-like creature. Um, the Tula, which are a large spider-like creature uh, that lives in the Underdark. And the Clon, which is a clown. Yes. Uh, not a person in a clown costume, but a person that is a clown. Like a biological clown. Correct. Exactly. A biological clown. I, uh, one of the things that I really liked about when I was reading through this, uh, about the clowns is, um, they're, they're like the jack of all trades, but master of none. They are very good at a lot of things, but they're not great at any of it. Um, and uh, they don't get any stat increases, uh, no ability score increases because of uh, because of their race, but also their skills. If they have less than two on a skill, it is automatically a plus two. So they're good at everything, but they're not great at anything. 
kind of funny. Well, well they're great at something. Yes. <laughs> if you're afraid of clowns. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I was going to say something about that. Naturally great at frightening. Yes. Certain individuals. Yep. Playing in this D and D game. <laughs> so. As we construct our alternate version of Waterdeep um, in a world that has not just biological clowns, um, but also enormous sentient spider people, uh, I believe it will come as no surprise to learn that this is a world of nightmares. There, there are no good dreams. Yeah. Uh, it's just terrifying clown people and spiders and, uh, you know, a lot of the horrors of a regular world are uh, in con- No one dreams about, you know, not having pants on at school or not having studied for a test. Uh, it's all clowns chasing people down endless hallways. <clears throat> so let's all have fun. <laughs> those little ceramic clowns coming to life on your shelf. Ah, why would you do that? Because that's what you're doing to me right now. <laughs> she's not wrong. Yeah, she's not wrong. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, so, yeah, if you, uh, if you uh, have a genuine um, terror of clowns, maybe best to turn back now. But... Now we we have met the cast of characters. We've met this new detective agency led by Max, the Klon detective. Max the gumshoe! Max the gumshoe. Max 100% has giant red shoes covered in gum. And a giant magnifying glass that is absurdly large. Magnifying glass. All of these things. All of these things Mm. are happening. Mm-hmm. I almost banged my head on my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great stuff. Great, great stuff. So um, we'll start this adventure with everyone in the office waiting for their next case. The weather outside is dreary. It's a typical spring in Nightmare Waterdeep. Rainy. <laughs> I'm going to call it that through the rest of the episode. This is a nightmare <laughs> water deep. Uh, rainy, drizzly, uh, but um, noisy. People are active. People are out and about. No one wants to sleep. I think the Countess, uh, in, the, in the normal agency, she's got her little um, roll-top table that she um, sits out at the comfy chair. And I think in this scenario because uh, Tiberia is we uh, I, I like to imagine like there's a fairy door in the middle of the wall and she's got a tiny office in there um, so she's got the office door open because it, you know we're open for business and you just see it's like very brightly decorated compared to the nightmare outside. <laughs> <laughs> I was envisioning like the roll top desk is still there, but when you oh, yeah, open yeah. it up, it's just a smaller office inside, like a smaller version of <laughs> like there's another tiny roll top desk. <laughs> another, it's like the oh same gosh. office but smaller. <laughs> smaller and her solid. full her full show kitchen. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
all of the walls in the detective agency are absolutely covered with tiny, tiny writing as Ledger writes with his wizardly quill. So he can just write on any surface with this magic quill and he's covered everything. I mean, this is like seven in this place. Just imagine the nightmare of walking into a room. And you guys thought I was creepy. Everything is covered with writing. Every single surface. And they're all catalogs of the wild dreams and adventures that he has. Vladimov is always trying to convince the Countess to make meat pies for his wolf spider. Uh, the references. <laughs> I will pay you good coin. Feed spider. It's great. Oh. Yeah, Celine is just sort of sitting on the couch and she yawns. And she... Oh, you know, it was a really rough night last night. Why do you say that, Celine? This is going to be the hardest game of Dungeons and Dragons I've ever DM'd. Uh, she looks at Max with just the most disgust and sort of recoils a little. Like you see her actively recoil. I don't have time for you. Oh, no. Okay. Ledger writes on the wall, I don't have time for you. <laughs> you, you hear a tiny voice come from uh, Tiberius' uh, kitchen. Uh, I have a remedy. Is it meat pie? <laughs> no, for the last time, it is not a meat pie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Countess, I, I could use some some remedy if uh, if you've got some to spare. So one of the things that, that uh, Tiberi can do, uh, I'm going to ask the DM's permission because uh, this is this is before we actually start an adventure, so uh, I, miss, I want to assume that this could be considered part of a short or a long rest so she can do this. Yeah, I'm all for it. Let's, let's hear what it is. Alright. Uh, so she would like to make a meal. <laughs> Uh, so at third level, it says uh, that I can create a filling concoction uh, to power the hungry through their day. Uh, during a short or long rest, I can expend one of my uh, uses of bardic inspiration to select a flavor from a meal preparation table, uh, magically conjure ingredients, and prepare a meal uh, which embodies that flavor. Uh, and then... Um, eating this meal grants a corresponding effect. Uh, and I think I have to roll to see how many people it can feed. While you roll, I, I just want to say really quickly, this is one of the things I really love about the book is that on one hand, you've got this terrifying nightmare fuels, giant spiders, clowns, <laughs> uh, a bunch of were creatures that we're really not going to get into this adventure, but are really, you know, kind of fascinating and cool. And then on the other hand, you have this subclass for Bard that's all about cooking. And it just kind of feels incongruous, but at the same time. And I say this 100% intending the pun. The flavor is just great. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh. You've got clowns, terrifying spiders, and then this is basically Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. A sprite cooking a meal as Julia Child. I've always, yeah, I've always wanted to do this in one of our games. I get a chance because I'm playing a different class. Uh, Ledger messages the Countess. <laughs> oh, um, she, she sort of like looks around as she's as she's um, pulling pulling ing- ingredients out and um, and do you, is there like a, a signal or a sound that Ledger initiates a, a message? No, he'll just start with. So, what are you making? Secret, secrets. Um, I need to see. I know it's a secret. That's why I use message. Oh yes, yes, of course, of course. I need to um, look at what's in stocked in the pantry. Uh, just one moment, please. Uh, and she's just gonna like whip out some some ingredients. Uh, and oh, here, roll a bardic inspiration die to determine the number of people that the meal will feed. There we go. All right. Also, while uh, while the Countess is making her meal, I would like to point out that in the book, the uh, corresponding illustration for the College of the Culinary <laughs> is uh, the Man of Flames himself, Guy Fieri. Yes. We are going to Flavortown. <laughs> <laughs> you ever wondered what Guy Fieri would look like in Dungeons and Dragons? You now have your answer. <laughs> I feel like this supplement would be awesome for the Dungeons and Dragons and Divins and Drives um, (laughs) supplement that somebody else worked on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the question that I have is Countess Tiberia is wee. She's so small. Is she making full-size meals or is she making (laughs) sprite-sized meals? We shall see. (laughs) That the rest of the adventurers are like, oh boy. They're magical, so they could be sprite-sized, but still filthy. Thanks, I guess. Because either option is hilarious to me. (laughs) I imagine those restaurants where they give you like the essence of food on a plate. (laughs) Exactly. This is your meal. Yeah. Precisely what I was thinking. So uh, she... It's the Rick and Morty commercial. <laughs> Do you have tiny mouths? I mean, we have t- tiny lasagna, <laughs> tiny chicken. All right, so uh, she rolled uh, a one for the flavor, so that is a, a savory dish. Uh, so she is going to make um, um, mushroom risotto. Um, so you get this like waft of like that umami earthy, uh, scent coming from her, her little kitchen. And, uh, eventually she just springs out, flying out on her gossamer wings with, with this platter. And they are basically, uh, taste bud sized. Um, (laughs) and, (laughs) and she says... Here you go. It is a mushroom risotto. I've picked some uh, oyster mushrooms and uh, and the finest uh, finest grains uh, that we could have in in uh, water deep, as I like to call it. Um, minus the nightmare part, of course. <laughs> and um, this shall grant all of you uh, strength saving throws. So everyone gets plus one to all attack rolls. Um, 
and uh, she was able to conjure five, uh, create five of these meals. I want one of those. Hector, you're you're a you're a book. You don't get risotto. <laughs> I want one anyway. Hector, we've we've been over this. <laughs> Dora and the spider could use some risotto. Oh, Vladimir does split it with him. <laughs> with a tiny little knife. <laughs> yeah, he split it apart. You always get the best stuff. You never give me anything. Hector, I I really I I give you quite a bit of care and attention. I think it was Brad who was talking about like the the tiny food or maybe uh Jason was like the new age like gastro <laughs> pub style food. <laughs> I'd love a version of this this character cat where instead of actually making food she's got one of those like old-timey pesticide sprayers and she's just spraying <laughs> like the mist the essence of mushroom yes. risotto so she's like I made food and then just blasts people in the face with like a concentrated <laughs> steam that is the essence of mushroom <laughs> risotto just walk through it <laughs> <laughs> yes. everybody line up <laughs> It just oh makes me God. think of those YouTube videos where they like make these tiny little kitchens with these tiny little everything. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yes. And with they the, fully the make hamster. like eggs. Oh yeah. And yeah. one of them has hamsters that are actually eating them. Oh yes. <laughs> exactly. The, the tiny burrito with the tiny hamster. And that's what we're trying to eat right now with tiny little forks. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine Celine like <laughs> dipping her pinky into it. Uh, thanks, uh, Tiberia. And she just licks it off her finger. And it is the most delicious mushroom <laughs> risotto. It just, like, there's a flavor burst in mm-hmm. your entire mouth. And it's just, it's so filling. And you feel, like, really strengthened um, and fortified with this tiny little taste bud sized bite of mushroom risotto. Yeah, Vla- Vladimir will lick it off his plate. <clears throat> He just licks the plate. <laughs> you need to make this tomorrow. You need to make meat pie tomorrow for Doran. It's very good. <laughs> she just sort of hums and just <laughs> pretends that she has heard <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I feel like we could play an entire session just riffing on... Just making food just and making adventure and consistently <laughs> office exactly. doing dumb stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I can't wait till we get out in the field though because her weapons, her weapons. Okay. <laughs> and thus did the D and D food wars begin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we definitely a food fight at some point. Some. <laughs> okay, so. <clears throat> wait, is there a case or? Huh. Is there a case, or are we just... <laughs> I have, yes, I have, prepared, I have prepared a case. <laughs> Depending on editing, we're 25 to 30 minutes into this episode right now, but yeah, <laughs> there is a case. <laughs> Seems about right. Yeah. Ah, we're fine. <laughs> okay, uh, so... Um, the Countess has prepared her mushroom risotto. Celine has consumed it. Celine, no longer... Uh, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say hungover. Oh, yeah, I feel a lot better. You are all pleasantly surprised uh, when there is a knock at the door. And you can see 
through the frosted glass of the window, uh, scrawled in golden filigree on the glass, uh, Nightmare Waterdeep Detective Agency. Um, the silhouette of a striking woman. Celine walks up to the door. What do you want? Hey now, that's not a good way to treat one of our customers. <laughs> you gotta be welcoming. I don't, I don't do that. Well, well, we'll, 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 we'll teach you. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, what? Oh, wait. Uh, somebody, nobody's opened the door yet, have they? Yeah, I, I imagine I opened it as I was screaming at her. Okay. Once, uh, once Celine opens the door, uh, the Countess um, casts minor illusion and a red carpet rolls out. <laughs> Ledger stands up straight and he has a little pink bow tie and he adjusts it and looks very prim and proper, um, you know, as if he's you know, standing at attention to greet someone. <laughs> Max the gumshoe prepares his water squirting flower on his lapel. <laughs> Uh, so the the red carpet rolls out, and this slender foot in a high heel shoe steps out onto it. You see this uh, silvery white sequined dress, um, and a, a sort of a severe looking carriage to this woman <clears throat> as she steps in. Uh, and as she enters the office, you see long, uh, you know, bright red hair <clears throat> and a large bulbous red nose. And she says, well, hello there. Oh, hi. Hi. Celine immediately steps back. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the you hear the fairy door office close as the countess <laughs> retreats. You got any room in there? <laughs> Celine like scratching at the wall. Shrink me down, shrink me down, shrink me down. <laughs> Max, you handle. So Hector was sitting open on a desk and just the book closes and it falls over to the side. So just close thuds. Well, hi there. How can we help you today? Welcome to the Waterdeep Detective Agency. I'm Max the Gumshoe. She says, well, hi there. It's great to be in the Waterdeep Detective Agency. What, what can we do for you? She says, uh, she <laughs> says, a family heirloom was stolen from my house. Oh, no, that sounds like just the thing that's right up our alley. I think it is right up your alley. <sighs> <sighs> this is going to be so I don't know if I can take oh, this. Oh, no. <laughs> Give me all the details. Don't leave anything out. And Ledger summons his quill and every word that's spoken, he's writing down as they're talking. That's why we keep him around. I would like to imagine, Sam, that as your quill is writing out the words, they slowly start to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> because this is nightmare water deep. And that's what happens when you write down something a clan says. 
<laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Ledger writes down, that's not funny, <laughs> and underlines it. Uh, so she says, I had a golden sculpture in my house, and today, when I went to go take a look at it, it was gone. The fairy door slightly opens, and you see uh, the countess peering out, and she says, Oh, a golden sculpture. What sort of sculpture was it? It's golden, Max. She, she says, It was a sculpture that was passed down in my family for generations. I'm flying a marble step forward. What was making shape of, of, of sculpture? She says, It was an M. The letter M. The letter M. M. Like just a regular letter. Just the regular old letter M. A letter M. And Vladimir will look at Doran and just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, gang, it looks like we're off dirt. <laughs> well, gang, it looks like we're after the golden arches. Oh. <laughs> Brad, did you not? No. So what? What's your name, ma'am? <laughs> she, she says. <laughs> If this was live, people would be donating to get us to stop. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're never getting out of this office. No, we're not. This is it. This is This is why it's nightmare water deep. Oh my god. One billion water havens served. <laughs> My whole life is nightmare water deep. <laughs> Flat, Fletch. Fletch, does the Countess, because this is a golden sculpture, yep. and the, the, M, the M seems significant, does, does the Countess know if this clon is a, is moneyed clon? <laughs> she is. She is a very moneyed clon. Her family owns a chain of restaurants that are popular oh. throughout Faerun. Really? <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in. Um, <laughs> does, does Tiberia know um, the name of uh, this uh, dynasty of restaurateurs? She must as, as a as yes, a show. If not, you know, Ledger is a yeah. His background is a sage, so he's a researcher. Surely. Someone with his scholarly skills and background would know of a chain of restaurants throughout Faerun. Yeah, everyone these knows restaurants, about these restaurants. Uh, yeah, they're not very expensive, I'm guessing. No, that's why they're so popular, is that they're very affordable. <laughs> Maybe a Nightmare Waterdeep at Cheeseburger is uh, like 2000 Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, this restaurant chain is called Agdonalms. Then why the M? I'm, I'm sorry, could you spell that? A C D O N A L M S. Agdonalms? Agdonalms. Oh dear. Ledger, of course, is you know, studiously capturing all of this, and um, Hector just peeks open a little, like the book just opens a little bit on the desk next to him. He says, I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. And then he closes. Hector, me too. It's a, a real good cure when the Countess Tiberia isn't around. Doran want too much. Eat three burger, too many. The book doesn't actually eat burgers. He's just being dramatic. That's what you think. Might have fed him a couple. (laughs) How dare you. (laughs) What was value of M? She says, Well, the monetary value wasn't that high, but with over three billion people served, the personal value was incalculable. I believe it. I believe it too. I do not. (laughs) (laughs) My stomach hurts. (laughs) So, so where do you think we should start, Mrs. (laughs) Agdalums? I'm sorry, when he said it. (laughs) Uh, She says... I can't do my accent at all. This is not fair. I just can't even concentrate on it. (laughs) Uh, She says... Oh, you can call me Onalder. Can can you spell that? A Mulder. Is that Ronald backwards? Did you really just do that? Did I just do that in my head? I was trying to work it out, but you might have beat me to it. It's not backwards. Uh, no, no, it's you moved it. You moved the R to the N. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> oh my God! Welcome back, cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> well, Anulder, um, where where do you think we should start? Do you have any enemies? Anyone who looks at this M longingly who wants it to be theirs? She says, If I had to guess, I'd say it was my ex-boyfriend. Is he royalty? If this is some mess thing of Burger King. If you've done the Hamburglar? No, no. It's going to be the Hamburglar. This has to be... Or Grimace. It could be, be the Grimace. Grimace. It could be Mayor yeah. McCheese. There's so many options. Analdor, who is your ex-boyfriend? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Give it to us, Fletch. (laughs) She she says... (laughs) She says... Oh no, why did you do this? Oh, no, We're never it's getting gonna be out really of it. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so bad. <laughs> she says, Oh, his name's Amburglar. 
<laughs> but but there's an H at the end of it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't hear it because at the end it doesn't make a sound. Amburglar. <laughs> Hector opens up. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Ledger, though, calmly, he puts his he puts his hand on Hector to make sure that the, the book stays closed. And can you please describe Amburglar to me? I, I want to write down a description. Well, I don't exactly know what he looks like because he's always wearing a mask. What sort of clothes does he regularly wear? Uh, he really likes. A white and black striped shirt <laughs> and black pants. And, and what, what might his profession be? <laughs> I wasn't anticipating that question, but I would What's love his to just backstory? say. <laughs> well, he steals hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much of a career, but the heart wants what the heart wants. I'm imagining this NPC sheet where it's like personality traits, ideals, bonds, flaws, flaws, steals hamburgers. <laughs> oh my god. Ideals. <laughs> wants all the wants hamburgers. Them. <laughs> oh. Yeah, flaws. Well, steals all the bonds. hamburgers. Bonds, hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> this is why she broke up with him. <laughs> he loved you guys, hamburgers more than he loved her. You guys, oh, I the saddest love story. <laughs> I want you to take a step back and realize that I wrote this. Like I sat down <laughs> and I was like, you know, it'd be a great idea if Ronald McDonald was in it because he's a clown. <laughs> But how do I make that fit a noir setting? Oh, I'll make him the femme fatale. And I'll just shift some letters around. Oh. I'm in the house with him. Uh, I just want to throw that out there. Like, uh, this is me trapped with that <laughs> mind. <laughs> out of everybody here, I'm the closest to knowing how you feel. Best Quarantine statement. has quite obviously taken its toll. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. Well, don't you worry, uh, Mrs. McDonald's. <laughs> the Waterdeep Detective Agency is on the case. We'll take care of all this. He stands up real straight. <clears throat> and a little, a little squirt of water comes out of his little, his little flower. <laughs> she says, That's great. I, Onaldurick Nollums. We'll be waiting to hear back from you as soon as possible. Where, where was Amber last seen? <laughs> oh, no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Are we Thank sure this that? is the right... <laughs> <laughs> These poor people. <laughs> Who said that if we were doing this live, they'd be donating to make us stop? Six thousand dollars, please just I shut the stream that. down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm gonna pay you to take it down. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Um, she says, it was in my entryway. <laughs> I think, I think it'd be really good. He was there and then my stuff was gone. I think it'd be really good for us to go to Stately McDonald's Manor and check it out. You hear that noise come out of Celine. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> Ledger's trying to get a read on this situation. Uh, Could I use insight to see if all of this is on the app? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, nice. A 23. Yeah, I'm bringing it 23. 23. Nice. It's the reunion 23. First roll of the game. With a 23, Ledger is able to tell that this is stupid. She is on the up and up. She's She genuinely wants her golden M back, but it's dumb. And um, so, you know, Ledger just knows that McDonald's means money. And so, you know, even though this is dumb, as, as long as he doesn't think that this is some sort of ploy or a trap, that, um, you know, he'll kind of give the nod to the the rest of the nightmare detectives and um, sounds like we should head there. And um, Fletch, what does the Countess know about um, the Agdonalms um, status-wise among the wealthy in Nightmare Waterdeep? They're new money. Um, They act like new money. And culinarily, their food is not very good. Uh, As a professional, she is looking down her tiny nose at Onalder Ekdonalms. Because she creates cuisine. Onalder Ekdonalms does not. Um, Before they leave, uh, she's going to quickly um, go into her kitchen and um, you hear some some sizzling. Ooh, the Countess always makes that real, real good food. (laughs) And, um, And she'll just come out of her kitchen and Oh, and just a little, little something to, to um, as a snack, uh, to uh, for our, for our journey. And um, so she's got these tiny little taste bud size. They're hamburgers, but they're like the fancy hamburgers that you get at restaurants. And it's uh, it's got like gorgonzola and uh, fig jam um, and like back bacon, um, and the beef is probably like. Amphalian beef, um, and she just sort of like um, splits around and here you go. Um, oh, and um, our guest as well, and uh, she gives one to um, to their guest um, and tries not to be snobby about okay. it. Okay, so I'm I'm going to have you roll a performance <laughs> check in a second because that's I feel like mm-hmm. the culinary bard equivalent, right? You of playing a song or doing something like that. You're this is your performance. But before I have you do that, I just want to put out there: I feel like we are recording the first podcast that people cannot listen to on an empty or full stomach, <laughs> <laughs> or drinking anything ever. <laughs> There should be a warning at the beginning. Please use caution while listening to this episode of Adventure They Wrote. 
I almost did a spit take. I almost spit did a take. spit take when uh, warning when, when Onalder said I believe it, and Max said I believe it, and then Brad said I do not. <laughs> Perfect timing. I need to find the uh, the adventure they wrote theme song, but played by a calliope. Yes. Yeah. Um, The Countess got an 18 for performance. Uh, So she eats her tiny little burger and she says, Oh my, that's delicious. There's nothing. I just whipped it up in the kitchen. (laughs) Vladimov will lick his plate again. He will look at Analder. Yeah, Analder. And he'll say, This is slapping face to you. Oh no. oh no! Vlad, say what you will about the food. McDonald's has the best nightmare diet coke. <laughs> it comes in steel containers. If Doran got a plate, he will nod emphatically. Oh yeah, absolutely. She even made one for uh, Hector. <laughs> <laughs> There's just grease smashed yeah, into yeah, the pages. Exactly. <laughs> And, like oozing out of and the I side. think I think if Ledger flips through his book, he he'll actually see that there are certain pages that that have like little little grease stains, smears uh, from from Hector begging the Countess for food and her obliging. I'm imagining little flat food like when you put a leaf in a dictionary. <laughs> Flattens it up. All of the detectives feed Hector behind Ledger's back. <laughs> it's just there's even there's even a tiny tiny drop of like uh, like sherry on one of the pages. <laughs> hey Hector, how'd you like that circus peanut I gave you? <laughs> it's orange. It is a lot of work for me to clean all of this off Hector's pages all of the time. This is the most. <laughs> this is the first time you've ever been drawn to violence. As Max said, says that Celine just pats Ledger on the head like you would, you know. Oh, there, there, and then gets her her little uh, hamburger and splits it in half, and then you see a little cat come out of the shadows. She feeds a little bit to the cat, and then she has hers. I am imagining that Hector chews by just opening and closing really quickly. <laughs> you just flap it open. Crushed, crushed peanuts. Yeah, just wham, 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 wham. <laughs> Vladimov says this is a slap in the face. Uh, and uh, Onalder Ekdonalms, um just says, Oh my, no! I would never eat the food at my restaurants. <laughs> this is fair. Wait, why is that? Well, it's mostly lizard. This is why I feed to Doran. Mischief gets it a lot, too. <laughs> she, she says, You think I could really sell a double cheeseburger for $1 and make it out of real beef? Well, this just opened up your, your suspect list a whole lot. Oh, my. Uh, uh, Tiberia uh, locks up her little fairy door and then flits over to uh, Mischief and... <laughs> Away, kitty! Yes, she's just gonna <laughs> seat herself down um, around uh, around the collar. Um, I think she she might have like offered to to uh, fit um, like a diamond studded collar around uh, Shadow's uh, Shadow's neck, or Mischief's neck. Sorry, so she could hold on to something fancy. Yeah, 
Yep. <laughs> you all take off for Akdonalm's manor. You hear Celine go, and she's calling mischief. Uh, with mischief in tow, um, the countess perched atop mischief's back. Um, so the house is enormous. It's a huge house built in the nightmare castle district of Waterdeep. You see that in the front of the house is a large solarium uh, that's full of slides and nets, and uh, there's a pit full of... Big plastic balls. Wooden balls. Wooden? Yeah. Well, they don't have plastic in Faerun. Are you sure? Clouds are pretty uh, resourceful. I suppose if anyone was going to be able to create plastic in Faerun, it would be the clowns. This is the only plastic in the entirety of the Forgotten Realms, though, is in these ball pits. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> where my head to my head went to. Like the clowns discovered petroleum, learned to create <laughs> plastic out of it, and then used it exclusively to build McDonald's play places. <laughs> the slides. They also use it for the straws. Plastic tubes, plastic slides, the nets, the ball pits. It all looks insanely out of place because everything else is like a Scottish castle. And it, like imagine taking a McDonald's play place and slapping it on the side of a Scottish castle. That's what this looks like. Somehow that's the most terrifying thing yet. <laughs> I think as Celine sort of walks up and the view of everything sort of comes into focus around them. She goes, hmm, you know, I don't think I would have expected this, but uh, it looks interesting, and maybe maybe we could uh, play in that ball pit for a little bit. <laughs> Ledger is going to send a message to Celine. <laughs> Please control yourself. <laughs> She definitely steals a ball and throws it at Ledger when he's not looking. Vladimir will look and say, this ball pit filled with disease. <laughs> a disease called fun, maybe. Max says from inside the ball pit. <laughs> he's already there. <laughs> Swimming. Come on in, the plastic's great. <laughs> Onalder Agdonalms uh, opens up the, the door uh, and just says... Uh, well, come on in if you want to. You can conduct your investigation wherever you need. Um, <clears throat> Max the Gumshoe is not uh, a rogue inquisitive with a passive investigation of 14, <laughs> or sorry, 24. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I guess I'll do it the old fashioned way. Um, I would love to have Max the Gumshoe roll some investigation. Excellent. Let's let's see the investigation. Seven, seven on the dice plus four, so eleven total. Um, you see on the top of the table in the entryway, the table itself is covered with a thin layer of dust, and there's a square in that dust that is not covered. It's just the tabletop. Uh, and you deduce that that is where the statue was placed before it was stolen. Um, any uh, any tracks, any fingerprints, uh, anything like that? Um, roll a perception check. While that's happening, Ledger is going to start a ritual 
and he is going to detect magic. Uh, 18 total for perception from Max the Gumshoe. Uh, you notice enlarged footprints, but just the tippy toe of the footprint. <laughs> <laughs> As, as if the person making the footprint was walking on tippy toes. Max the gum shoe would like to follow them. But had gigantic shoes. But enormous tippy toes. This is the only Dungeons and Dragons game I've ever played that is physically harmful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Max the gum shoe will follow those tracks. Guys, I'm gonna follow these tippetoes. Be careful. The culprit might be still here among us. Uh, Hector and I will be. Uh, yeah, Sam, you do your uh, detect magic, ledger, and um. Oh, the name escapes me. Your book, Hector. Jeez. With this uh, subclass, Hector is actually his spellcasting focus. So he like he starts the ritual. He's like, Hector, you, you need to help me out with this. Let's see if there's any magic. And Hector's, all right, I'll do it, I suppose. And um, yeah, they'll cast detect magic. So you see a faint magical aura around the tiptoe footprints. Can I tell the school? Transmutation. Uh, Max the Gumshoe, you follow the tiptoes back uh, to the back door of the house, and you find yourself at a large French door that leads out into a garden. Uh, Vladimir will follow Max. He'll run side saddle. Yeah, I think um, Celine will also follow them, but she'll stay further back, and she'll call mischief so that uh, her and the countess can kind of watch what happens when they go into the garden. So she'll go So the countess is attempting to have a conversation with Onalda when all of a sudden um, mischief like bounds forward. (laughs) 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 I like to think like it's about cooking too. Like <laughs> I could, I could fix the burgers. Yes, yeah. She was, she was, uh, you know, discussing the 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 secret sauce and yes, <laughs> you know. Well, if, it, if you have lizard in there, what pairs best with that? I can't even imagine. I'm afraid I haven't eaten at um, one of your establishments. But um, as you say, for the best. And then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Even though she has wings and she could have just let go. (laughs) (laughs) It'll take Ledger and Hector a good amount of time to cast the spell. And then uh, once I'm done with that, I just want to look around and see if there's maybe anything else that uh, the other nightmare detectives might have missed. Uh, you could do another perception or investigation check. Uh, 13 plus 5, so we're 18. Um, no, you don't, you don't find anything else. Just the magical tiptoe footprints. Max and the rest of the detectives, as you exit the house and into the back, uh, backyard... You see a figure um, about to drop over the other side of the far wall. 
Uh, it is another Klon. He is wearing a flat-topped hat and a black mask. His head seems to be too big for his body. And he's got on a black and white striped shirt. And just as he's about to drop over the other side of the wall, he looks at you, he makes direct eye contact, and he kind of, he squints and he gets this smirk on his face. And he says, Obler, Obler. And then he drops down. He made direct eye contact with Max yes. the Gumshoe? Yes. Uh, in that case, if I may, I would like to use one of my mind trap options. Let's hear what the mind trap does. Uh, mind traps uh, last for 30 seconds or until the target is reduced to zero hit points or until the trap is activated as uh, specified in the trap's description. So I am using movement strain. Uh, whenever the target of this strain willingly attempts to move its body more than five feet, a pain begins to well up inside its body. Its movement speed is halved and it takes 1d4 psychic damage after it stops moving or 2d4 psychic damage if it tries to dash away. Got it. And there's no saving throw. There's no roll to hit. He is just mind trapped now. They must make a wisdom saving throw against my spell DC. Perfect. And my spell DC is 13. Let's see if Amburglar Wisdom is up to snuff. No, he is mind trapped. Excellent. I will say... I mean, <laughs> excellent. <yeah. laughs> so the, I, I love this ability. I think it's really cool. But I will say that mind trap sounds like a cheesy late 90s procedural crime show. That seems perfect. <laughs> that, is, that is what we are in right now. We are in Mind Trap. Yes. And then uh, also, uh, are we in combat? Are we about to roll initiative? Yeah, I think now that he is Mind Trapped, you can definitely all roll initiative. All right. <laughs> Um, Brad, what did you get on initiative? Vladimov and Doran got six. Uh, Max. Uh, Max the Gumshoe got 19 on the dice, so 22. 22 for Max the Gumshoe. Countess Tiberia. A 14. Celine Rock. 15. And Ledger. Seven. Okay, so Max, you're going to be able to go first. Okay. Uh, as my action, my first action, I would like to use another one of the features of the Mind Trapper, the Sensory Beacon. Uh, I can set a tracking beacon in my target's head and ensure that they won't get far. As an action, I can target a creature within 60 feet of me that I can see. The creature must make a wisdom saving throw against my ranger spell save DC, and uh, the beacon is successfully set. While the target is in win within one mile of me, whenever I close my eyes, I can see what that target sees and sense what that target senses. Uh, it lasts for one hour. Excellent. I think that is a strong move. Do you want to move towards the wall as well? Uh, yes, I would like to get as close as I can to um, the Amblergler <laughs> and um, use my sensory beacon. He needs to uh, uh, wisdom save, uh, DC 13. This also works. 
He is not Excellent. wise. I can see what he sees. <laughs> Which I think is probably what he feels. The plot to Mind Trapper. <laughs> Mind Trapper. Eight. Nine Central. Only on the CW. It's, it's definitely on the CW, too. <laughs> um, uh, and then, uh, so yeah, Max will run over and um, hop up over the hedge, I guess, if I have enough you, room. You can get to the so. base of the wall, but you can't get up and over it. And then um, I'll say uh, something along the lines of, well, we got you now. I just want to interject for a second here. A, a clown like that, trapping you, tripping you, and, and forcing you to the ground, and then running after you and screaming, I got you now. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I was actually going to... That's ex- basically the exact comment I was going to make. I just really like the idea that as soon as Max is on the hunt, he becomes much creepier. Like, his voice <laughs> drops a couple octaves and gets a little rougher. Like, I got you now. Oh, they all float down here. <laughs> I was just about to ask, how close is a clown to Pennywise, really? Uh, so, to be fair, I did talk to Fletch a little bit about making a warlock with Pennywise as my my patron. Oh, God. Ooh. That would have been interesting. Yeah, cro- crossover into the Stephen King verse. Yeah, it wouldn't have really worked with uh, uh, a... Uh, what's the word? Like a match for Max the Goblin. Mm-hmm. I'm liking. I'm liking this version a lot more. That brings us to Celine Rock. All right. How close is Celine to the Amberglur? <laughs> it's almost French when you say it that yeah. way. <laughs> I know it doesn't make any sense, but the H is silent. It's usually pretty tough to get Talia to indulge my silliness, so getting her to say Amberglur is sort of extra great. Um, oh, my throat is wrecked, too, from laughing so hard and doing the voices and stuff. I'm not going to be able to talk tomorrow. Everyone at work is going to be like, what happened to you? Played D&D too hard, that's what. Celine Rock, you asked how close you are to the wall. Um, you're about 35 feet from the wall. Okay. Uh, she is going to run up so that she's about five feet from the wall. And she's going to use her forte unbound from her path of the belter. Starting at third level, her rage unleashes the raw power of the music within. So when I enter my rage, all creatures within five feet must make a successful constitution saving throw, which is DC eight plus my proficiency bonus of two plus my constitution modifier of four or be knocked prone. And as is the custom of Celine when she does anything of magical nature with music, she is going to sing. Some legends are told, some turn to dust or to gold, but you will remember me, remember me for centuries. Okay, and he needs to save against a 14 on Constitution. Mm -hmm. Something tells me that the Amberglur does not have a very high Constitution. (laughs) He does not, and he is knocked prone. 
Uh, Max uh, also rolled a 13 and false. Pr- oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's clowns falling everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that Celine basically runs up right next to Max and does this. <laughs> And Max is basically just like, well, hi there. How are we going to... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What what would you do with that? Gosh. (laughs) Well, we don't have a healer, do we? Whoops. All right. But do we need one? I'm just prone. It's fine. Countess Tiberia. You might have hurt yourself. We don't have healing potions either. Um, Tiberia uh, would like to uh, fly up so that she can see above the, the hedge. Um, is the Amblerger uh, holding anything in his hands? Yes, in one hand he is clutching a statue of a golden M. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so simple. She <laughs> knock him over so and take that. <laughs> she's going to uh, she's going to uh, rub her hands together and uh, and just say it's getting quite hot in the kitchen, isn't it? And uh, she's going to cast heat metal on the object. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, any creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage and succeed on a constitution saving throw or drop the item. So I will roll the damage. That's 7 fire damage. Okay, and uh, constitution save... A two, so he does not save. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the M falls from his hands. <laughs> the M falls, clatters to the ground. Uh, I want to point out real briefly, if you're not a regular listener to Adventure They Wrote, it has become something of a tradition for the detectives to wage <laughs> psychological war against their opponents although i've never quite seen it to this we haven't level even, we haven't even um, started yet <laughs> yeah yeah we're, this is round one this is round one of combat and already <laughs> already max has reached inside the amberglers brain and planted two traps inside of his mind Celine has simply knocked him over with the power of her voice, and the Countess has caused the, the, the object of his desire to superheat, burning his hands and causing him to drop it. It's like Home Alone, except... Yes. Oh my god. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Ledger sees the Countess cast that spell, he's going to yell up, up to her, be careful! The melting point of gold is 1,064 degrees! <laughs> Don't melt that statue! Wouldn't you know I, I know that? Ledger, it's your turn now. How are you going to 
psychologically torture. <laughs> How far away from the wall am I? Uh, like 30 feet, 35 feet. So if I close the distance to the wall, will I be able to see the Amberglar? Uh, Amberglar is currently uh, atop the wall um, and kind of rolling around on his back like a turtle, having been knocked over um, mind traps put in his brain and uh, the, the M uh, superheated. Okay, so I am going to just use a regular move. My walking speed's 30, so I'll get closer. And um, then Ledger will, will look at, at Hector and, and open open the book and say, Hector, we can't torture him like this. Let's, let's, let's help him get some rest. Oh, okay. And uh, we're going to cast sleep at second level. <laughs> uh, so it will send a creature into a magical slumber, and I am going to roll, because it's at second level, 7d8. And as long as it has less, um, less hit points than that, it just goes to sleep. As Ledger casts sleep, he says, you deserve a break today. <laughs> 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 Digging into the archives. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, you do not have to roll. Um, it would be virtually impossible for you to roll under his hit points. So, uh, yeah, he just uh, he goes quietly to sleep with his scorched hands still like a, a whiff of smoke coming off of them and as he sort of curls up with his hands under his head uh, he says quietly almost to himself Hubbler, hubbler. I just realized it but it's cool because when you sleep you just have horrible nightmares <laughs> so I actually am right. still psychologically torturing the <laughs> Yeah, never mind. He doesn't go quietly to sleep. He fights it. He fights it, Sam, and he makes direct eye contact with Ledger, and you see the desperation in his eyes, the frantic need to stay awake and avoid his torturous nightmares. But he can't do it, and he falls asleep anyway. A single tear falling from one eye. So he is going to stay asleep until um, someone damages or, like, uses an action to slap or, or shake him awake. And uh, that'll last for a minute. And that's all I have. Uh, Vladimov, your turn. Oh. <laughs> Where is, um, Akadamons? Are they, is she with us? Uh, she has just made it to sort of the back door. And she's looking out, uh, seeing all of this happen now. Uh, and she says, Oh my, I'm not <laughs> loving it. So, <laughs> uh, so wow. So, uh, so Vlad, he will, he will sit down, he sits on the steps, and he, he smacks Doran on the thorax. Yep. And he says, Doran, do not be weak. Go get M, bring to lady. 
and Doran's got a movement speed of 40, and he uses the dash to dash, which is double movement, grabs the M and brings it back and hands it to her. She uh, she seems she's scared of the spider. Um, it's technically still heated, so the Countess would have to cancel that, but Doran could take it. <laughs> Oh, poor Doran. Maybe he's grabbing the wooden base. Yeah, she would, she would definitely cancel her concentration if she saw Doran going for it. Yeah. So, so Doran what sets it. What does Doran sound make? Burning his thing. little pincers. Oh, Dor- oh. Doran looks. <laughs> Doran looks at Venomoth and goes. <laughs> good, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the nightmare. <laughs> Can you like imagine the detectives and their makeup of the group normally and now think like this is there's a giant spider, there's a clown. It's so funny to me. I was expecting you to be like, I'll do the guy that does damage. And then I just sat down and I'm like, spider. Do the thing. Do it. Yeah. You do it. <laughs> a book that talks. Honestly, I thought we were going to fight Grimace and the Fry Kids. I thought we were going to have a whole melee combat. Oh, Fry Guys. No, we just tortured the Hamburglar. Max the Gumshoe will, um, will gingerly, slowly, softly uh, try to slide the Hamburglar... <laughs> Off of the hedges <laughs> and down <laughs> to try to get him over to the um, over to the the main manor, but um, Max's strength is very low, um, kind of matching with Max the Goblin Detective, and um, so he's just like heaving and hoeing as he's trying to pull <laughs> this guy. <laughs> to the house. Can I get a little help here? Celine looks at him struggling. And she goes over to help. But you see her like stretch as far as her arm will go with her face like away from Max. (laughs) And Oh here! (laughs) You got the strength. I'll let you take care of this. And Max will stand up and give a little little squirt from the flower. (laughs) (laughs) And she just, you see her like batting the, out of her face and she's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, and she Oh no, it wasn't, the, it wasn't at Celine. Oh, it wasn't it was, at me. Okay. No, no, no. It was just, you know, just boop. <laughs> okay. Just random squirt of flower. Yes. Okay. So she pulls on the foot of the Hamburglar, the Amburglar, <laughs> but as like, as little as she can touch it. Like, she doesn't want to touch his feet too much, so she's just kind of, like, gingerly grabbing it and dragging him across the the ground. Celine, as you touch Amberglur's shoes... Oh, no. The spell is... The spell is broken. And... Max the Gumshoe finds himself carrying a giant spider... Twelve iridescent, glimmering eyes staring up at him. 
but like flat black. So he's still asleep. So Max, I want you to roll a constitution save. Oh no. Uh, that's a 14 total. <coughs> 12 on the dice. I was really waiting for somebody to say thank you so I could do forget about it. <laughs> and that's all I was pl- that's all I was that was going to be the end of it. And now now we are we are here. Yes, Max sees this giant spider. He's like, oh, "Thanks, Celine." <laughs> I don't know what you did, but this is this is objectively worse. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, I hope my dad listens to this He's gonna uh, be so proud of me I'm so good at this <laughs> For those listening My dad has a Brooklyn accent <laughs> So that's that's the relevance there I think a 14 Is enough for you to keep your grip You almost drop him But you don't uh, you're, so you're still holding uh-huh. Amburglar. He was actually a Tula in disguise. Yeah, he's a Tula, and a Tula is a giant spider. Oh my. Bigger than Doran, even. Doran's medium sized, thank you very much. Is the thing that Celine's holding like just one of its legs then now? Yes, yeah, you're, you're holding one of his creepy little spider legs. So, so Vladimir, who was just standing up to help everyone because they were trying to <laughs> carry this guy, he stands up and just his mouth opens up. Uh, what happened? <laughs> Hector says, A tiefling turned it into a spider. Tiefling, why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is not my magic. <laughs> is Amberglur still asleep? Sure hope so. <laughs> yes. How big is Amberglur compared to Spider Doran? Bigger. Amberglur is like the size of a big person um, just with eight legs and a spider face. Great. Okay. Are Tula's technically medium creatures or are they large creatures? They're technically medium creatures. Imagine a centaur, but instead of a horse body, it's a spider body. And instead of a person face, it's a spider face. So like a drider, but the upside is also a spider. Very similar to a drider, yeah. But the spider face. Does anyone have rope? We need a lot of rope. We've got lots of rangers. We've probably got <laughs> yeah. some rope. You've got to have rope. Oh, yeah, I think we can make this happen. I have a little bag up. of sand. Put <laughs> <laughs> sand on its face. <laughs> That's what we need right now. <laughs> Everyone starts tying him up, and Ledger just walks over and, like, sprinkles some sand on him. <laughs> we call him Sand Bay. <laughs> well, I took the, the scholar's gear... You know, so yeah, I have a little bag of sand. I have some parchment. Vladimir will walk up and tie as many of the legs as he can with <laughs> yeah. a regular fifty-foot 
hemp rope that you normally get. Celine has one too, so she I think can 50 help. F- <clears throat> yeah, 50 feet is enough. You you manage to tie up all the creepy spider legs. Spider does not bother me. I have spider. I think Celine will continue tying it and then like make a long length of it and then just keep pulling the spider towards Onalder. Um, you get the spider up to Onalder and she says, What's that? This was the Amberglur. <laughs> oh my! I don't want to get <laughs> too deep into your relationship. But uh, were you aware that Amberglur is a spider? (laughs) (laughs) She says, no, I didn't know my ex was a spider. If you would ask me, I would have said he was a snake. And then she looks at the (laughs) camera and winks. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, in D&D, it would have been a yawn tea, but... When Amberglur wakes up, I'm going to um, cast Detect Thoughts. Oh, this ought to be good. What Ledger gets as Amberglur emerges from a torturous nightmare about (laughs) boots. Just landing all giant, enormous boots landing all around him and him barely escaping each boot. Uh, he emerges from that dream and um, that dissolves immediately into a desire for hamburgers. Um, so, specifically, what I'm going to look for beyond that is to see if this is authentic. I think that that's a hint that this is the Amberglur, uh, but what Ledger's really wanting to try to figure out is if this is some sort of potential doppelganger. Um, so he's going to try to look back. He will say a prompt uh, to start to interrogate and, and be like, do you know who this is? And he'll gesture. Interrogation is our forte. <laughs> <laughs> We're the best at it. So he'll ask Amberglur, do you know who this is? And gesture at Analdor and see what his, um, what Amberglur's thoughts are when he does that. Um, okay, so what you get, Ledger gets this picture of a much smaller Tula. Um, and you might even say it's cute. It's a little fuzzy. He's got the, the big watery eyes and there's like 12 of them. Uh, and he's digging through a garbage outside of a Acdonalms. And he finds a hamburger that's been thrown away still in its wrapper. And he opens it up and he eats it. And then it's as if color is brought into the world and he can now see color again. Uh, and the rain stops and the sun comes out. It's like the first time you hear the Beatles. Yeah. Y- yes. And he's eating more and more McDonald's and he can't get enough. And then uh, he doesn't have any money. And so he, he steals an McDonald's hamburger and he has to have more and so he keeps stealing and then he he starts to get noticed and so he manages to get these magical shoes that conceal his identity 
and he conceals his identity by turning himself into a clown with a giant head and a mask and a shirt with black and white stripes on it. Oh my. And he continues to steal McDonald's hamburgers, but it's not enough and he needs more. And he realizes that he could have unlimited hamburgers for all of the hamburgers. And he, he infiltrates her home and he uh, is trying to get that information, but he falls in love with her in the process. And he can't tell her his true identity because then she's going to find out the rest and she's not going to love him anymore as much as he loves her. Hashtag rich backstory. It was incredibly rich. <laughs> so one solution, because hamburgers huh, are so cheap, is just to give him like three gold and he's good for like a year. Yeah, but how do we save their love? Let's put his shoes back on. Vlad does not care. <laughs> Like, as this is happening, Vlad is like, you pay full price for investigation. I'll take it in trade. No, full full price. Gold. It's just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Max, let me handle okay. this. 1,800 gold. That is worth of them. Uh, she says, well, would you accept a free, free for life food? at McDonald's restaurants. Yes. Hector, no, let, let the others do the new, the negotiation. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Vlad, what does Doran do? Vlad looks at Doran. Uh, Doran uh, looks back at you and shrugs. No, full price. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you can find it in your heart to to love again, <laughs> Mrs. McDonald's. <laughs> Thanks for hiring the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Oh my gosh. God bless us, everyone. No. <laughs> I think. But doesn't somebody have to explain to her? Like, because this was all just Ledger hearing this thought, right? Like, none of this has been... Well, Ledger wrote down every word. ...outwardly communicated. Well, yes, but did he say any of it? He just hands her the paper. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's awesome. Celine unties... Amberglar. And Max gives him back his, his magic boots. Um, Onalder, o- Onalder Ekdanoms reads through the, the sheet <clears throat> that Ledger gives her. Um, and you see all of her facial expressions as she reads through. Uh, you know, she, she seems like sad at first as the little spider man is going through the garbage. And then she, she seems like she's a little pleased as he finds joy in her food and that she's been able to bring him this peace. We love to see you smile. And then, you know, kind of worry and, and even concern as he uh, steal, starts stealing hamburgers and then horror as he gets his magic shoes and infiltrates her home and then almost awe, like like some sort of uh, just revelation as she realizes that he loves her and that all of the reasons that they broke up in the first place were around his tortured decision to tell her the truth or to leave and save her the heartache and as he's getting ready to put his shoes on 
she stops him. She she reaches out a hand and she she stops him from putting one of the shoes on his creepy spider legs and she says, "No. You don't need those anymore." And she takes him by a spider hand and leads him into the mansion and closes the door behind her. And she never pays you. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Right up until then, that was the feel-good story of the year. Mm-hmm. That's the end of our adventures in Nightmare Waterdeep. Well, this was fun. For now. Hello again, everyone. Jason, your producer here. Thank you again for playing along with us in our interpretation of the wild world of the Book of House, written by Willie Abeel. He is a fantastic TTRPG designer and a member of our community. You can watch him play in the VODs of the D&D Block Party, hosted by the Venture Maidens a few weeks ago. And as I said at the top of the show, this is the kickoff for our fundraiser to send some money to the NAACP Empowerment Programs. We have a Tiltify campaign going on right now, so go check chip in if you can. We have 20 copies of Willie's Book of House that we're going to gift to anyone who donates at least $50 to our campaign. The direct link is posted on all of our social media pages, so go check it out and chip in if you're able. We really, really appreciate it. Also, thank you, thank you to Willie Appeal for letting us use his book in our special. Thanks to Omega Jones, the critical bard for the Path of the Belter Barbarian subclass, and to all of the black creators in our community who keep showing us how awesome our games can be. And don't forget, tomorrow you can check out our short rest where Fletch and I interview Willie, so make sure that you listen to that as well. As always, huge thank you to Tabletop Audio for allowing us to use all of their music and sound effects royalty-free, and huge thanks to BugbearBubbles.com for sponsoring the show. Once again, thank you for listening. Go support black creators, buy their stuff, make sure their work is celebrated, donate to our fundraiser, and keep shouting that Black Lives Matter. On behalf of the entire Adventure They Wrote cast, thank you, and stay tuned for more mystery.